studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So I'm reading Joe Biden's infrastructure proposal, and I'm trying to be fair. But one thing that stands out, you, they propose $100 billion for clean drinking water, $100 billion for the electrical grid, $100 billion in high-speed broadband, $100 billion in workforce development. I mean, that is remarkable. What are the odds that in each of these categories, the number we need, the investment we need, would be identical? And that in each category, that would be a nice round number, like $100 billion. That's Wisconsin uh, Rep. Mike Gallagher making the obvious point that if it's $100 billion, if they're all $100 billion, obviously you're just picking a number out of thin air. I have a new favorite congressman. That is great. And obvious, but I hadn't heard anybody else say it. That's terrific. I want to ask about that with our guest, but I got another question first that I'm very hot to trot about. Excellent. Our guest, the most wonderful Lan He Chen. It sounds like I want to date him. It's respect, professional respect. <laughs> Lan He is the David and Diane Steffi Fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution, uh, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University. Lan He, how are you, sir? I am doing well this morning. How are you guys? Awesome. You actually have Dodgers fan on your Twitter like handle. That's how that's how you I enjoy. Do. And I saw on the cover of one of your baseball magazines that the Dodgers might be the best team in the history of baseball. I mean, how much hyperbole didn't was play that? Like it yesterday they didn't, didn't or play did like it yesterday? Okay, it not. It looked awful. Yeah, that yeah, happens. They got 161 left to right the ship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I got to burn my saddle, and that's literally true. I wrote a burrow to work. Uh, but this this story has got me very, very angry, and I feel like we've crossed yet another line. So this whole Georgia voting rules thing, President Biden got four Pinocchios from the Washington Post among others they could have given out for his various whoppers about, this makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. There, you cutting off voting at five. Complete lie. Nobody's allowed to have a drink of water. Complete lie. All these kind of things. Is this, does, does Joe Biden know what he's doing? Have we, have we crossed some sort of line now where politicians have figured out, look, there's too many news sources. Most people are only getting their news from our side. We no longer need to even attempt to be truthful. What is going on here? As a policy guy, explain it to me. Well, it's a great question, and it speaks to how politicized we are, that we look at something like this, that we should be able to sort of sit down and say, okay, what are the elements of this, uh, and what does it do, and have a reasonable discussion about it. But that's not what, what we're looking at. In fact, you know, this morning I was just looking at, uh, at descriptions of the law and what it would actually do and looking at one outlet that is considered to be more conservative and then looking at another outlet that's considered to be more liberal. I thought they were talking about two different pieces of legislation. I mean, it's, it's remarkable how differently journalists, supposed journalists, can describe and shade and write based on what their political views are. And, you know, it's even worse when politicians pick up on it. I mean, this notion, for example, that the that the Georgia uh, law, you know, you, you mentioned the drink of water thing, you know, where they say, oh, gosh, you can't, you know, you can't even give someone a drink of water. Uh, that's actually not true. The law specifically says that you can make self-service water receptacles available to voters waiting in line. What you can't do is give money, gifts, food or drinks to voters within 150 pl- feet of a polling place or 25 feet of voters that are waiting to vote in, li- in, in line, which, you know, I mean, that kind of makes sense, right? We have electioneering, anti-electioneering laws in California, too. Every state has them. So, 
we just got to be a little careful about how torqued we get. And unfortunately, I think our politicians don't help with that. Do you think this is a moment we're passing through in terms of the relationship of the people, the media and the government? Or is it just going to keep going in this way, in this same direction? I realize you don't have a crystal ball, but. Um, you know, I think it's going to continue to get worse before it gets better, unfortunately, because politicians, the incentives they have in many cases are to appeal to to extremes or to appeal to these sort of very hard-edged critiques. And we're in an era now where there's a benefit for politicians to double down on on stuff. Even if they're wrong, they double down, right? And, and we've seen this over and over and over again. I don't care what the situation is, right or left. You know, people are wrong. They just kind of double down and say, no, nope, I'm not wrong. You're wrong. Okay. And that back and forth is that's what results in the kind of caustic, difficult environment we have. Now. Yeah, how would you not be cynical? I mean, I don't want to beat this into the ground, but Jen Psaki was asked about it yesterday. So the Washington Post gave President Biden four Pinocchios. If you don't know what that means, that means it's a 100 percent complete lie. When Joe Biden said they're shutting off voting at five o'clock, you get off work, you can't. It's just not true. So they asked Jen Psaki about it yesterday. They said, are you going to back off that or double down? She said, we're not backing off anything. What? Right. Wow. Wow. You know, Lonnie, we're getting into the weeds of philosophy here a little bit, but I think conservatism is handicapped by the fact that we want to conserve what is good and what has worked in the past, and that is not served by outright lying outright slander whereas the revolutionary left they they believe that they're ordained by god or karl marx or somebody or to do whatever is necessary maybe ibram x kendi has given them their their uh, you know their, <laughs> has anointed them um and so they are willing to slit throats as it were and often the guy who fights dirty wins that troubles me as a conservative you raise a really good point, which is even if you think about the word that many liberals use to describe themselves now, which is progressive, you know, sort of hidden, not even hidden. I mean, in that word directly is the word progress. And the implication, of course, is that there are some who want to progress and some who don't want to progress. When, in fact, I think that contrast is 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 obviously I, I think it's false. But I, I do think that there is something about even how we talk about the two sides that's become somewhat loaded uh, in our society. Look, I think conservatives, the, the, the challenge that conservatives have, in my view, is that too often they haven't been willing to stand up and say, this is what we actually stand for. And what troubles me is too often it's here's what we stand against. And I think it's important that conservatives are willing and able to articulate, like, hey, what is it that you actually want to do? And, and look to stand by it. And not everything is going to be popular. Certainly we know how a lot of the uh, mainstream media will respond to it. But by and large, I think you're going to get farther along if you actually state affirmatively, here's the things we want to do, rather than just standing there and saying, well, no, we don't like that, we don't like that. So that is one thing I wish conservatives as a whole would do better. Progressives aren't ashamed of saying they want to have government takeovers of health care or completely, uh, you know, with the case of the infrastructure bill you guys were talking about, essentially completely push out private sector uh, involvement with a large amounts of public sector spending, they, they have no hesitation arguing that's what they want to do. So I do think having a, a point of view and being able to state it affirmatively and strongly is good. Here, here. We do need to talk about that uh, big infrastructure, using my finger quotes here. Um, is that going to pass, do you think? 
Well, you know, look, they're, they're going to do the same thing at the end of the day that they did with that huge $2 trillion uh, spending package we've already passed, which is they have one more bite of the apple using a process called reconciliation, which is Democrats only. So if they wanted to go in that direction, they could again later this year. Um, not everything that's been proposed by the president will make it into the final package, but they do have the opportunity to do it if they want. And what's so interesting is it, 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 it's, you can't you can't call this an infrastructure package, right? Because it's it's got so much more stuff in it. But every write up I see refers to it still as an infrastructure package. Yeah. It's a spending package. That's what it is. It's well, it's just package. like everybody referred to the the COVID relief bill as the COVID relief bill, even though it's in, including yeah. Fox News, which just made me crazy. You uh, yeah. you ever eat, meet any of Matt Gates's girlfriends? Uh, fortunately, I have not. And at the playground, asked about it on TV. No, nor have I been asked about it on TV in in a somewhat awkward moment for Tucker Carlson yesterday. That, <laughs> yeah. was, that was as as Tucker said. That was one of the weirdest interviews he's done. It's one of the weirdest interviews I've seen. Oh yeah, I how mean, about how was, about Gates trying bizarre. to rope him in? You remember Tucker, that girl that went out to yeah. eat with you? And you were, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> So yeah. uncomfortable. Oh, Lonnie Chan, David and Diane Steffi, fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution. Uh, Lonnie, so, there's so much we could talk about. We don't want to take too much of your time, but we sure look forward to the next time. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Yep. Hollywood for ugly people. Isn't that what they call Washington, D.C.? Yeah, I Although now, now it's just Hollywood East because it's more and more pretty people. They're performers. They're not legislators. They're just Instagram stars or, or YouTube sensations. So the left felt like uh, Trump lied all the time and it was awful. So the response to that is to just make crap up when you're in power, I guess, as opposed to. Well, that we're going to bring the, the rationalization. We're going to bring the world back to truth and honesty and stating the facts. I, I just I, do you think Joe Biden knows what he's doing? Or is there is someone, Yes. Yes, I, I think he does. Do you think I, he multiple times stood up there and just flat out lied? And, I mean, is he smart enough? He might be smart enough to realize, look, I understand the way things are covered now and the way the media works now. Yeah, I think I don't, his young aides have explained that to him. And I think fueled by the the lust for greatness, because he spent his entire life lusting after the White House. He finally has it. He meets with those historians. They convince him he can be the great man, the man of change. And then he has his young aides telling him, look, look, old man, you got to go way over the top. Say that uh, say that uh, Mitch McConnell eats babies. Say whatever you need to say to get it done. And it reminds me a little bit of what Charles Krauthammer, God rest his soul, used to say. Essentially, you have to engage in the dirty, grubby, intelligence-insulting acts of politics to get the good stuff done. So you just have to come to terms with that. And I think he's just taking it a step farther. And like I said, the progressive left is willing to slit throats and trample the truth. I was just looking up uh, highlights from Phillies, Detroit. I don't know where they were playing, but it was in a snowstorm. Did you see that? That would be in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, Snow falling like crazy in a baseball game. That yeah. can happen at the very beginning of the season or at the very end. In between, you're in... So hot, you can't uh, lift your head up. So. Right, exactly. So can't be fun you, at the old ballpark. So what happens when you pay 162 games? It's too many games. Uh, final four going on this weekend, if you like the basketball. I still haven't watched that Paige Becker's uh, woman play for Connecticut. She has uh, been described by some as the best player all around in the tournament, including the boys. She is, in terms of compared to her competition, I don't know. There she is in a highlight right there. She is something. Anyway. 
Uh, we got other stuff to talk about throughout the day, and our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You couldn't write a stupider script than the King Kong movie. I don't think you could. <laughs> You'd have to work at it. Uh, <laughs> plenty on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Now it's all, it's up to us to live up to that promise. When we come together, we are powerful. With love for our communities, with hope for our future, with faith in each other, yeah, anything get to it. is possible. Get to the applause so line. So say it with me. We'll do. See the future is ours. Thank you. <laughs> Jill Biden attempting to pander and slaughtering the Spanish language, which is fine uh, with me, honestly. Uh, Twitter went wild, Jack. Twitter clapped back, and I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> it, some of the things that were said were pretty funny. Seriously, why even try pandering if you're not going to practice it before? <laughs> I don't know if everybody in the country knows how to pronounce that. I only do because living in California, it's been such a rallying cry for so long, the CC Puede stuff. But uh... Somebody uh, posted, it's wild that in the course of three months, we went from a supermodel first lady who speaks five languages to fake Dr. Podway. <laughs> and there was also controversy online, Jack. And this, <laughs> the reason I bring this up is uh, to the point that I made with, with Lon He. I think the right is handicapped. By the nature of conservatism, I'm not going to untruthfully slander somebody I dislike to bring them down. I just can't bring myself to do it. And maybe that makes me, you know, too much of a mamby-pamby for politics or something. I don't know. But uh, Jill Biden was in front of a flag that looked an awful lot like the Nazi eagle flag. Hitler, Jack. Perhaps you've heard of him. What? That's right. The eagle that is featured on the flag behind her, reminiscent of the Nazi flag. Nazi Germany. According to who? Well, actually, because it was. Cesar Chavez researched emblems, including everything from cigarette boxes to uh, consumer logos to Nazi flags, and concluded that the most potent color combinations... Uh, combination was red, black, and white. So he designed the flag. He had his brother draw it up. He intentionally told him to simplify it so that people could replicate it and put it on flags and stuff like that. But it was directly influenced by the Nazi flag. Now, do I believe that uh, Cesar Chavez, who was awfully hard on illegal immigrants, by the way, uh, do I think he was some sort of closeted Nazi or that we ought to bring Jill Biden down because she's opposed in front of a flag that was vaguely like Nazi flags? No, because that's idiotic. On the other hand, Don Lemon would go crazy over that. Keith Olbermann would go, he'd devote an entire podcast to it. True. True, that's true. Stupid. And then you got, I have a similar story, unless you have something to interject there. Dr. Biden, could you look at this? Does this change shape? So, Um, I have a degree in education. Adam Carolla, who urinated while he was doing an interview with us the other day, it's true. It's a sign of respect among his people. Check the podcast. Adam Carolla tweeted out, What's up, L.A. teachers' unions? You heroes ready to be the last people in America to go back to work? Oof. Oof is right. I don't like putting it on the teachers, but uh, I wish there was more pushback. But I don't I don't know what it would be like to be a teacher trying to push back against the teachers' unions. Mm-hmm. Yep. They might uh, actually rough. be the last people to go back to work in America, though. 
We have quite a number of conservative teachers who listen to this show who email us fairly regularly and say, I don't dare raise my voice or I will be run out of my profession. Yeah, and, and, and I, I get that. Uh, and, and we on the right just don't have the capacity for that. There's a big scandal, allegedly, although it will go nowhere. NBA player Kevin Durant, who's famously combative, he's gotten into this contentious exchange with Michael Rappaport, former actor who's like invented a second chapter as a sports opinion haver. Do you follow him at all, Sean, uh, Michael I'm, Rappaport? I'm aware of his, his this act that he's on, but I, I don't really follow him. It's It's pretty one note. Yeah, he's a super strong opinions, calling people out, saying strong things, you know, that sort of thing. It's perfect, actually, for this point in time. But So he gets into this uh, beef with Kevin Durant about some interview he gave, and Durant unleashes an astonishingly obscene and, and uh, it's called homophobic, but he, it's the typical schoolyard calling a guy out by calling him a homosexual or suggesting he engages in homosexual mm-hmm. acts. Uh, it's not cool. It's not nice. It's not pretty. But it was a couple of guys jawing at each other. Kevin Durant said, I'm sorry, I don't think that way about uh, gay people or whatever. And I believe that. That's fine with me. He manned up. He apologized. It was a private thing made public. And we don't have that viciousness. Do we need it? Do we stay on the high road? I don't know. Your thoughts? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We're going to look at the multi-trillion dollar infrastructure package and what's in it. Also, Bad Baby is on OnlyFans. You know who Bad Baby is? Cash me outside. How about that? Oh. So we've got an update on that person. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How this works when you peer behind the wizard's curtain is you have a bunch of staffers that are just sitting in a room pulling these numbers out of thin air. And then they find some partisan analysis afterwards to justify the cost. Because it is, of course, mathematically impossible um, and at odds with basic common sense that we would actually need $100 billion for clean water and $100 billion for the electrical grid and $100 billion for high-speed broadband and $100 billion for workforce development. That's Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin making the point that is so obvious, but I've never heard anybody else say it. When you start laying out these big bills, we're going to have $100 billion dedicated to clean water and $100 billion dedicated, and there's like five things. They're all just the perfect round, even number of $100 billion. After going through the entire study, the budgeting process, the give and take of the different needs involved, you come out with exactly the same number. That's wild. Well, none of those things you just mentioned happened. So I saw this Wall Street Journal guy yesterday talking about it, and I'd never thought about this either. The bigger you go, the less people ask questions about it for some reason. Mm. Now, do you remember the... TARP package that launched Occupy Wall Street and the Tea Party. It was so big and so crazy that the America went nuts under Obama after the big financial crash of 08, and they came back with a $700 billion something or other. Mm-hmm. That number was literally picked out of thin air. It was just, we need a big number. You get 500 big enough? 900? No, that's too big. I think that'll scare people. They just wow. randomly picked a number. That is verified and true. I mean, there's plenty of reporting on that. They just picked a random number to sound good to to, to stabilize the markets. A lot of that's going on here. And and like I, I said, I, heard, I saw a Wall Street Journal guy talking about 
Um, the bigger you go with the numbers, the less anybody looks into where you came up with the numbers. If you say we're going to have $400 billion for roads and bridges, yeah, you're going to tell me you took the time to identify in my county which roads need to be fixed and which bridges and there's, what it would cost. There's not a, yeah. And, and with and, local labor costs and the availability of materials. <laughs> and again, I'm just being silly. There's not a chance any of that happened. <laughs> no. No, it's just a money grab. It is just reaping some cream from the strong economy to build a socialist state. It will choke the economy badly because this is the cycle that happens. And then the Democrats will get heaved out of office. I read the other day how no Democrat has, non-incumbent uh, has succeeded a Democrat since, I can't remember, uh, Truman succeeded FDR. <clears throat> but both Truman and, and uh, LBJ were, uh, they came into office essentially as incumbents because the other guy had died. Anyway, uh, what will happen is the economy will get choked. It will struggle. People will get scared. The free market forces will prevail again. And the market, the economy will begin to grow again. And then the progressives will see a chance to choke it and squeeze a couple more golden eggs out of it. Now, I think uh, my metaphor was cream a moment ago. Now it's golden <laughs> eggs. Try to keep up. <laughs> Yeah, but there's a limit to how many times you can do that, and we might be crossing some sort of line. Well, right, exactly. You pass the tipping point, and then you become France, a socialist economy that can't grow anymore. Uh, speaking of which, the United States, which is still barely clinging to being the United States, uh, the economy beat expectations in March. 916,000 new jobs, uh, employment down, unemployment rather, down to 6%. So that's pretty exciting. But back to the mind-bogglingly large infrastructure plan, which is not an infrastructure plan. It's a socialism plan. Or, uh, I don't know, what would you, what would you call it? A government takeover of the economy plan. I think you're right. I think the Wall Street Journal guy was right. I think if you get hit with a, a number that you can conceive of that makes some sense to you, $100 million. I mean, it's more money than I'll ever see, but I get, I can picture $100 million and what it would buy and what it could accomplish. I can handle getting into the details, but if I hear a hundred billion dollars, I can't even comprehend that amount of money, much less what's in it or what should be or, or analyze it. I'll bet everyone would be shocked to find out how random it is, the amounts of money they chose to these various things. And of course, if you just have a random amount of money going to it, the way it gets spent, come on. Randomly. Now. Randomly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, to your cronies. So for the longest time, both Republicans and Democrats have understood the infrastructure is important. It's one of the things the government probably should do, at least to some extent. To, I would like to I manage would like, it. I would like to raise my hand and point out nobody. I haven't heard anybody point this out. OK, you keep talking about roads and bridges and everybody is in agreement that we got to fix our roads and bridges. But right. I, I feel like I've paid a lot of taxes in my life that in theory were supposed to go to roads and bridges. And they didn't fix the roads and bridges. So well, well, we accidentally put it in the general fund and spent every dime of it. And now we need more money for roads and bridges, which you already told us you're in favor of. <laughs> yeah. And the scam just goes round and round and round like a dog chasing our tail. We just go for it. But so anyway, everybody agrees that the roads and bridges, the, the stuff that makes commerce possible is something we can all pitch in on and have government manage. And so infrastructure plans have been very popular through the years. Well, the Biden administration, like COVID, COVID relief and whatever, they realize they can call abso-freaking-lutely anything infrastructure now, and the media will say, well, infrastructure is good, we all agree on that, and they can spend 
anything on anything, as long as they call it infrastructure. Now, you look at the transportation stuff, uh, roads and bridges, public transit, which is often wasted money, uh, railways, airports, that, that's infrastructure. Now, the single biggest transportation expenditure in this ridiculous plan is electric vehicle incentives. It dwarfs anything else. Have you heard that? No. Uh, by the way, it's so that, is that the sort of uh, credit I get if I buy an electric car or what, what are you talking about? Right, exactly. Yeah. And um, I think charging stations may be broken out. Uh, no, yeah, it's 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 complicated. I can't find charging station. That might be part of uh, uh, the uh, incentives. But anyway. Nobody talks about the fact that China has a near monopoly on a lot of the materials that go into batteries. And so we will be granting them enormous new power over us and our economy. Moving along, buildings and utilities. It's uh, hundreds of billions of dollars. Affordable housing is the single biggest item. It is two and a quarter times higher than the next item. So your first two categories are electric vehicle incentives and affordable housing. Nothing to do with infrastructure. So government tenements is the largest expenditure at $213 billion. At least that doesn't have a zero at the end. There's a little creativity there. Then it's high-speed broadband. Now, that, to me, is an interesting bipartisan what's, discussion. What's, is broadband the new superhighway? What is broadband? It's uh, high-speed Internet available for everybody. Okay. Uh, rural America, it reminds me of the early 20th century when r- most of rural America was not wired up for electricity. Yeah. Oh, my it, dad didn't have electricity. And uh, when I meet people on the coast, they can't believe that that's true. Yeah. That, that, that there's people alive that grew up without electricity. Well, no, the middle of the country didn't have it. Yeah. So that's a legitimate discussion both sides can have. To what extent is broadband um, uh, infrastructure? And just as a tangent to that, I was just reading about how um, there are a lot of kind of surprising people in favor of this part of it because the uh, current broadband situation is a small number of companies that bought Congress and got the laws and regulations written for them. It's the worst sort of not the free market involved. So I know Tim Sandifer, I suspect our friend Tim from the Goldwater Foundation, would say, how about you just tear down all that phony, crony, capitalist, oligarchy crap and let private companies actually compete to bring broadband to America and see how that works. Mm. But there are also plenty of people who think that'll never happen. So you just have to impose it from above. Anyway, that's a discussion we could have. But moving along, Electric grid and clean energy, obviously, yeah, part of infrastructure. But then we get to public schools. Well, it's our educational infrastructure. And then you get to veterans' hospitals. Well, that's our veterans' infrastructure. And then you get to water system. Well, water systems are infrastructure. Then you get on to jobs and innovation. $500 billion for that. Domestic manufacturing. What is that? $52 billion. What does that mean? Mm. I'm not sure it has to mean anything. Well, you know what? That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, on the other hand, I have a feeling it means state-supported industry, meaning partially state-owned industry. The progressives in the Biden administration have said many times, we need to compete with China. And what they mean is we're going to try to out-China China, meaning we're going to start to own the means of production. Does that ring a bell? Anybody? Political theory? Anybody? Bueller? That is socialism. The state owning the means of production. National Science Foundation gets $50 billion, allegedly. 
And it goes on and on and on and on. Research at historically black colleges and universities gets $25 billion. I heard Jen Psaki say yesterday, this is the biggest investment in America in a century or a generation. I thought, well, that, those are two wildly different things. Unless you know people who are reproducing at age 100. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> Finally, and then I'll stop droning on about this because nobody cares. Uh, the plan also includes $400 billion to expand access to caregivers for those who are older and those with disabilities to improve pay and pen- benefits for caregivers. Now, you know, my mom has been was very ill uh, for a long time before she passed, and thank God they had long-term care insurance, which is just just impossibly expensive these days. Um Anyway, or or it could have been a terrible, terrible thing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and as we are living longer and longer uh, lives, it's a terrible need. But that four hundred billion dollars and how it's going to be used and how it's going to be spread out—see, that's the problem. Nobody paying any attention to that. Exactly. All I have to do as a politician is uh, tickle your compassion bone. You know. Your uh, Joe's mom was sick for a long time, bone. And everybody will think, yeah, that is a problem. That's a conundrum. It's expensive. It's hard. It's emotional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's confiscate $400 billion worth of other people's money and give it to somebody. Yeah. And then you feel enlightened. And that's the old people. And then you got the nationwide pre-K they're trying to jam in various places. So you get into your cradle-to-grave safety net sort of situation there. Yeah, yep. We're right back to Milton. I think it was Milton Friedman's. It's probably as old as time. A and B get together and decide to solve C's problems. And A and B decide the way to solve it is to take X's money and give it to C. But nobody asks X what he thinks. He is the forgotten man. Yeah. And woman. So He's ma- binary. He's non-binary in this case. <laughs> Matt Gates was using his Apple Pay to uh, procure uh, dates, apparently. And getting receipts. And getting Excuse receipts. me, can I get a receipt for that? <laughs> Crime is kind of a cash business. <laughs> it really should be. Don't use your really... Apple Pay for prostitutes, especially if they're uh, not old enough in your state. Don't write checks. Yeah. Anyway. As a congressman. Speaking of young people and sex, bad behavior. Bad behavior. Is back in the news. Cash me outside. How about that? Catch me outside? Catch, How, what does that mean? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? What does that mean? So uh, we got an update on her. A number oh, of things boy. for you. Yeah, and it's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the hell's going on. Let me guess. She's gotten a master's degree. <laughs> and joined a nunnery on this Good Friday. <laughs> That's not exactly what happened, but stay tuned. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The good pitch is down the middle. He won't swing it. Put the balls down around his ankles. He hits the shortstop into a double play. This has been going on for two years. Right. I guess you missed a lot of the games that Reyes hit in the clutch last year, huh? 
No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot and you don't know baseball. I'm you're not gonna, an idiot. No, you are an idiot. Listen, no, you're going to tell me you idiot. are judging. You don't no. know anything. You don't know squat, no. you stupid idiot. No, you're going to tell me you're going to make a judgment on the season after one game in 30-degree no, weather. No, that no, proves no, what an ignoramus no, you no, are. No, Get off our show. Fair weather idiot. <laughs> yes. Uh, typical sports talk radio for you there. Let's start taking calls again. I want to do that. <laughs> what if I could have done that for a living? Oh, yeah. I Absolutely. Don't, I, don't I, could, I don't know. It's a circus. It's a performance. Yeah. I'd have had to learn up on my sports more, I suppose. No, you don't. <laughs> no? No. <laughs> well, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> I'm good at the calling people idiots part. I've got that part down. Um, next hour, hour three, we will get into a little of the Derek Chauvin trial and the death of George Floyd, what happened yesterday. Um, I've been misled before by trials because you're only seeing one side of things. But Oh, yeah. That lawyer for Chauvin, I think, has got the just the wrong tone to win over the jury. I'm not sure there is a tone to win over the jury. You know what I mean? Well, it certainly isn't this one. I have changed my mind, for the record. I, I think they are going to probably convict him of one of the charges. But again, you have to hear the defense first. Sure. Although the the uh, prosecution's uh, building a hell of a case. So do you remember who Bad Behaby is? She was just a girl. who a juvenile uh, delinquent. There used to be a term for people like her. Danielle Brigoli, and she ended up as a child on Dr. Phil's show, and Dr. Phil did his act where he, he finds people that are going to be entertaining on his show, pretends he's trying to help them, but really just pokes them with a stick until they say or do something exciting for the show. And he makes tens of millions. How about that? Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? What does that mean? So then uh, after that little, uh, that, that went viral for a while, and, and she kind of became a household name, weirdly. And uh, so then she became a singer-rapper person and calls herself Bahad Behaby, B-H-A-D-B-H-A-B-I-E. I and do not believe in silent letters. Thank you for pronouncing the issue. She p- played locally, didn't she? And we all thought we'd go see her, but nobody did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, she came yeah, to yeah. a bar and play one? It was like one of those like 500-person venue sort of things or whatever. Well, she's still underage at that point for uh, anything sexual. She just turned 18, which opens her up to the world of doing sexual stuff. And she went on, uh, what is that, OnlyFans thing. She did the OnlyFans thing. Okay. Now, you don't necessarily have to be porny on OnlyFans. Is she being... Well, she certainly uh, suggested that she would be. The teases Ah. were her walking around the lingerie and stuff like that. Ah. Anyway, in six hours, she made a million dollars. Oh, Breaking some sort of OnlyFans record for a debut. Um, Number. Can I pause here? Sure. There are a lot of people who work hard and long, bust their butts for their families, that will never see that sort of money. Of course not. And I just, I think we need to give them a reassuring word here. I think we need to, to boil it down. I think we need to make some sense of this. Well, it's pretty easy to give a reassuring word. She'll be, if she lives to be 20, I'll be surprised. If she does live, she's going to be miserable the rest of her life in one way or another. It's guaranteed. Poor yeah. girl. It's not, you know. Yeah. But, wow. Anyway, she said, not bad for six hours. We broke the blank out of that OnlyFans record, she said. Uh, her, 
her account is on a path to generate more than $5 million in gross revenue in 24 hours, said the site. Uh, it appears that some subscribers may have taken issue with the 18-year-old's body and not happy with it when it finally came down to it. That's just uh, whatever uh, that means. Wow. Yeah, welcome to the the muck. To, to which she replied, LOL, I don't have no big donkey booty, so don't expect that over here. <laughs> I can supply that if you have any complaints. Call customer service, she wrote. <laughs> Donkey booty? Is yeah. that a term these days? Yeah. So she's a skinny girl, and evidently some online critics were, were uh, criticizing her lack of a bootay. And she said, if you have any complaints, call customer service, which is actually pretty funny. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, and then some of the comments on her site were, damn, you all wasted your money to see a girl that just turned 18. That's sick. Every day I lose more faith in the human race, wrote another. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Got a million dollars an hour. She'll she'll waste it on dumb stuff. And uh, like I said, if she lives to be twenty, I'd be surprised. Anywho, we got this text. What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. I don't know. Mm. I'm not sure. I never heard that one. Kind of fun. Mm. It's a good one. Good one. Classic. Received quite a few great emails too that we ought to feature in a little bonus mailbag, including the uh, the man who jumped into molten metal because he was despondent. Uh-huh. Poor man was listening to the A and G podcast while working and realized that the NFT he bought from Sean was only worth fifty dollars. <laughs> I don't believe that is what happened. I watched that videotape; it is grimish. I, you watched the video. Guy lost nine grand in the stock market. Whatever reason he was despondent, probably other factors. He, t- he works at a steel mill. He takes off his gloves and hat and jumps into the pit of molten lava. Disappears yeah. instantly. My understanding is he was already deep in debt and was uh, had lost more money. And if, Yikes. I, if I ever decide to check out, it ain't going to be like that, though. No. no. It sounds you know, gruesome. I have some bad Bahabi lyrics here I was going to share them with you, but we're out of time. That's, That's a shame. A, that is a shame. Because I know how you love poetry. And you do have a big old donkey booty. So <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Armstrong and Getty.